Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 116 with the inspiring Nadine McGowan. Nadine was a successful leader in the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization, ultimately reaching the role of Indiana Division Manager. On a mission trip to Africa, Nadine came to realize that by pouring into the women of a community, we could truly impact the next generation and shift the whole culture. She founded Purposeful Living, Inc. as a nonprofit to invite women to find and live their purpose. Nadine's organization is changing the lives of over 2,000 women in the Indianapolis area, and by extension, creating a ripple effect that extends well beyond. In this short snippet, Nadine shares some lessons from her Cutco Vector experience, then gets into how and why she started Purposeful Living and what her organization does to serve women. Something I have found to be true is that everyone needs some sort of group in which they can be open and vulnerable, like Purposeful Living for women or Front Row Dads for men, both of which are led by Cutco Vector alums. Nadine's organization can be found at PurposefulLivingInc.org. You can also learn more about John Vroman's Front Row Dads at FrontRowDads.com. If you don't have a group like that in your life, find one, because it can make so much difference in actually helping you find and live the life that you truly want and deserve. Without groups that help you open up, it's easy to fall into a rut of just doing what you've done and slowly but surely slowing down your own growth and evolution. I invite you to share this episode today with the women in your life, and if you want to hear more from Nadine, you can access our full conversation at episode number 116. When you were a division manager in Indiana, with the company, yeah. you were a, sort of a pioneer among women executives yeah. in our company. And I'm wondering, you know, what challenges do you feel you experienced as a pioneering, you know, female leader in the company? I really didn't experience any challenges because I was a woman. It was a non-issue for me. I never really even thought about it or it never limited me in any way. And I never felt limited because of it. Did you feel Vector created a, a environment where you could be who you were and that it was comfortable for you in that way? Yes, I really do. I felt like Vector encouraged me to be who I was and celebrated who I was. And yeah, I love that experience. If I had to give advice to current Cutco reps, managers, assistants, I would just say taking advantage of the opportunity that you have it's like you don't know what you have until you don't have it anymore. And just the culture of Vector, the leadership of Vector, the skill set they instill, that doesn't mean it's always easy, but nothing worthwhile ever is. So just to 
truly take advantage of it and to treat it like the opportunity that it is to maximize it for the opportunity that it is and not coast through it. Cause you know, you can go through your vector experience in so many different ways and still get a lot from it. But I think the way you get the most out of it is just to dive in and give it what you've got. Any other uh, lessons that you feel stand out or experiences you had that were transformational? Working as a team and knowing and learning how to work with others was pretty beneficial. Working towards a goal, goal setting, and actually having a plan and a system in place. And then knowing how to respond when you do hit a goal and knowing how to respond when you don't hit a goal. I think both are such important skills. When you do hit a goal, knowing how to respond with humility and not in this boastful way, mm-hmm. it's learning how to win and learning how to lose, essentially, right? And then, right. and then when you don't hit a goal, not allowing that to steal from the future. Mm. Um, it's really looking at it as a learning experience and going, what could I have done different? How can I learn from this? How can I pivot and, and do this differently next time? It was just like taking the lesson from it. Yeah. What you just said was really compelling that not allowing a failure to steal from the future, like that's powerful. And it really comes down to defining the meaning of all the things that happen in our lives, which is a real key core philosophy that I have in life is that, you know, we can really define the meaning for anything that happens to us and, and learning to look at things that happen to us from the lens of what's the lesson. What's the gift? Tell us about your path after Cutco and just where it led you to what you're doing today. Yeah. So after Cutco, I really wasn't sure what was next. And so I just kind of paused and I prayed and I waited and then I got pregnant and then I had a little guy and then I was like, I cannot be a stay-at-home mom. (laughs) Like seriously, my whole life, I thought all I wanted to do was be a stay-at-home mom until I became a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, I can't do this. I have so much respect and admiration for stay-at-home moms because it is the hardest job in the world by far. And so then I was like, okay, I need to do something. And I didn't know what it was. And at that time, I had some past Cutco people reaching out to me and I had gotten certified as a coach when I was a division manager for the simple reason of I wanted to coach my managers better. Right. And so I, it just naturally led to a couple of coaching clients. And so I just kind of started coaching them. And then through that, I realized I really want to coach women. Like I don't even want to coach men. I want to coach women. And so then I started just coaching women and it was all word of mouth. And so I just was coaching mostly women executives. Mm-hmm. And then I went on a missions trip to South Africa and we put on a conference called Women of Worth for the caregivers of the orphans. And the concept was, if you pour into the women of the community, it's going to impact the whole generation. The whole next generation is going to impact the whole culture. And so we put on this event and right there, I knew, and it was kind of slowly happening where I was really drawn to serving women. I knew that I needed to serve women. And I really didn't want to, to be completely honest with you, because it just feels like a lot. <laughs> I always had guys for like staff members because it was just simpler and we just got the job done, you know, but I knew there was no question. Like that was what I was, I felt called and led to do. Like I could, it was undeniable and I could not avoid it. And so I was like, okay, what does this mean? And so I came back and just had a lot of late nights praying and journaling and just thinking. And I just, I didn't want to do it my way. I wanted to, to walk my calling and walk my purpose. And so Slowly, what I realized was that I wanted to serve women, but I didn't want to charge them. 
And so I met with a consultant and we kind of talked that out and they said, that's a nonprofit. And I was like, all right, let's do a nonprofit. Sounds great. I had no clue what that means at all. And so we launched three and a half years ago. And our goal is to serve 50 women our first year, just to walk alongside, to support, to encourage, to uplift, knowing it would impact others. Right. And we served 307 our first year. Wow. And and then we served like 585 year two and then 810 year three. Um, and we have almost 2,000 ladies in our community right now. And it's all been word of mouth advertising. It's been an amazing experience. So it's been fun. Wow. And so your nonprofit is called Purposeful Living Inc. You got it. Right. And tell us more about what it's about and what some of your goals are. Yes. So our mission really is to serve the modern woman. And we define the modern woman as the woman who looks like she has it all together, but behind closed doors, she's hurting, searching, or lonely. Mm -hmm. And our mission really is to help women come out of isolation and help them come into this authentic community. I became really convicted that isolation is the root cause of a lot of our mental health issues, our emotional health issues. I believe it's the root cause to a lot of the addictions going on out there. I just think it's a root cause. And I think that social media is not helping. It's actually hurting because then people are comparing their insides to everybody else's outsides. And so purposeful living really invites women out of isolation into authentic, safe community of women supporting women. You know, I could talk all day. So I don't know if that made sense, but that's what we're about. Yeah, that's awesome. I want you to talk more about this because uh, I'm very interested in this. And I think a lot of our listeners will be a lot more interested in this. Uh, Just some of the methods that you're using, some stories you have to share from your experiences. Uh, Tell us more. Yeah. So we have really four core pillars with Purposeful Living. The first one is coaching. So we give them free coaching and we have a coaches team and we do coaches training. So women can come and be coaches. Women can come and be coached. Women can come and do both and it's free. And we just coach women and we coach, you know, all kinds of women. We coach women who just want to work on work-life balance. And we coach women who are suicidal and need some serious support and serious help and all kinds of stuff in between. So coaching is one pillar. The second pillar is our growth group. So we get them into small groups and we cover the same topic. So we have our growth group content and every year is different. So last year was growth. This year is identity. Next year is destiny. And so they come together in groups and they they grow together and they hold each other accountable and they share authentically and vulnerably in a safe space where they are not judged and they are not given advice even. And so growth groups is number two events is number three. We have small events and large events and we do like workshops. And then we do large events. Like, you know, we have a breakfast coming up where we'll probably have five, 600 ladies at that. And that's a ton of fun. And then we do a care team and our care team is just walking alongside women who are walking through a difficult season So, you know, maybe she just found out she has cancer and we will make care baskets and we'll make meals and maybe we'll wash the kids and maybe whatever she might need. And we have a care team that's in charge of just walking alongside women who just need a little extra support during that season. That's incredible. When we first launched, I didn't even know if this was a need. I felt it was a need. I saw that it was a need. I felt called to it, but I didn't know if truly 
this was a need. And then when women were drawn to us, it was like, okay, <laughs> this is a need. And then when it continued to grow and women were telling more women, it was like, okay, and what we're doing here is working. So now let's go ahead and expand. And so we're just kind of trying to clean up our programs, simplify our programs, and we're going to start duplicating into other cities and areas. Oh, that's awesome. And you don't charge them, but I would venture to guess a lot of them become contributors because they're getting such good value that they want to give back, right? That's exactly what has happened. We Most of our funds are raised through our community, but they get to give what they feel good about, what they can comfortably give. Because what I found is even if women have the funds to give, they have a hard time investing in themselves. Like they have a hard time paying for a coach. They'll pay for their son to do whatever sport, right? But they have the hardest time paying for their own stuff. And so right. you just give it to them. And it's like, give whatever you can. And then we do have corporate sponsors as well that help. And these are just organizations who want to support women in the community. And that also helps us funds. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Wow. Really, really cool to hear, Nadine. It's fun. And it's like, it's just a different... It's a feel of like women truly supporting women. Like there's no gossip. There's no credit. It's just the safe space. And it's amazing to see. It's easy to do in five or six people, but it's like we've been able to see across the board that that has continued. And that's been really nice. So it's been an honor and a blessing to do, honestly. I love what you said about if you pour into women, you impact the whole culture. You know, that you noticed that in Africa, Mm -hmm. right? When you were there with the Women of Worth project that you were describing before. And I just think about the incredible role that the women in my life have played in impacting me and impacting our society. You know, going back to my mom and, and to my sister and certainly some of the influential women I've had during my adult years and, and now even to with my own family and seeing the impact that my wife has on our kids and just the effect, the ripple effect that uh, women create is so powerful. So kudos to you for figuring out that that would be an awesome thing to do and for growing it so well over these four years. What's the vision for the future? I believe we can shift the culture. I really believe we can take, you know, a lot of what we're seeing right now, like I mentioned earlier, is just trauma coming out. And I believe that hurt people hurt people and heal Mm -hmm. people heal people. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, I just want to help our women heal because I believe that if our women are healthy, it will impact the next generation and it will make a difference in our country and in our world. And so we just start in our community and see what happens next. And we just take it one step and one day and one season at a time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.